Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. There's a phrase that I think is in keeping throughout the Bible. And it's, we're going to start, take your Bibles if you would, and we're going to start back in 1 John chapter 3 in verse number 2. 1 John chapter 3 in verse number 2. Kind of warms your heart, doesn't it? Well, if salvation ever gets old to you, man, we got issues. All across the board we have issues. Look at 1 John chapter 3 in verse number 2. And there's a phrase that has been really burning deep for some time now. And 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. Let's read it together out loud. Ready? Begin. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That phrase, when he shall appear. When he shall appear. No warning. No RSVP. No news flash. No secret service coming ahead. It's just when he shall appear. 1 John 2, 28. Let's go backward in the text. Look at 1 John 2, 28. And now, little children... Abide in him that when he, what, shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. He shall appear. No warning, no notice. You may be at work. You may be at the house. You may be getting ready for church. You may be somewhere, and guess what? Don't be shocked if all of a sudden he appears. Go to 1 Peter 5, 4. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 4. Look what it says. And when the chief shepherd shall what, please, appear. And when the chief shepherd shall appear... Ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Now go to our text for this morning, Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 4. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 4, it says this, When Christ, who is our life, Colossians 3, 4, When Christ, who is our life, shall, what please, appear. Then shall ye also appear with him in glory he shall appear he shall appear the chief shepherd shall appear when Christ who is our life shall appear ladies and gentlemen don't ever think that he's not coming back just because he hasn't come back do not live your life in an apathy to where well 
he didn't come yesterday? Why is not today going to be just like yesterday? He's not on our timetable. He's on his timetable, and he's, re- he's, he's, he's kept that for himself. It's almost like somebody getting engaged and, and the friends are, when are you going to ask her? When are you going to ask her? When are you going to ask her? The worst thing that young man can do is tell anybody because they start giving the bride a heads up. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Can I tell you something? I'm just a forerunner to tell you he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. The difference is this. I don't know when. And Brother Rob, when you talk about him changing your life 28 years ago, he's going to appear. And the Bible says you'll know him. Look at me. You won't have to think that's who it is. You won't have to wonder if that's who it is. And somebody won't have to tell you that's who it is. Oh, my friend, if you're redeemed this morning, if you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's going to be such a blood connection that you're going to say, that's him. Oh, that's him. Let me tell you, he is going to. To appear. Now, now there's some things that you appear to, that you get ready to appear to, and there are some things that you know are coming, and there is a date when this is coming. There's a season when this is going to be happening. This fall, there's been many crying mamas who say goodbye to their children on their first day of school. All you have to do is go around this morning. A mama stopped me and said, I, I, I need help, Pastor. And, and I was like, why do you need help? Because my very last child goes to kindergarten this year, and I'm going to have to drop them off, and then I'm going back to an empty house. I said, ma'am, you know how you cope with that? You stop by and get you a Krispy Kreme donut and go back to bed when you get back home. <laughs> go back and put them slippers back on, crawl back in bed because you've earned it. Sleep till noon. You've earned it. Don't do a stitch of laundry. Don't clean anything. Just go crawl back in bed. Amen. There are some things that you are marching toward the event happening. There are some people that high school graduation. Some of you are in your last, your last official year of high school. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Would you? You're in your last official year. Miss Doster, are you raising your hand? <laughs> wow. Sister, you need some education. Amen. And uh, last official year. Hey, let me tell you something. How many remember your senior year? How many remember? It went slow, went slow, and then once you got past uh, the holidays, guess what it did? It like sped up and you are done. There are some events that you are preparing for, and that to you, this is an event changer. College, when you graduate from college, Jonathan, in about 20 years, when you graduate from college, guess what? All of a sudden, that changes your entire world. Marriage changes your entire world. It's a wonderful institution (laughs) that everybody should be committed to once in a while. Amen? But, but marriage changes it. You, you take a man and a woman, and uh, you take these two, and you ask them to live together. And you ask for a man to think like a woman. You ask for a woman to make the man think like a woman. And, and, and these things, Brother Whitby told me this joke. He said, you know, whenever there's an argument in a marriage, there's always somebody right, and there's always the husband. <laughs> but there are brides preparing 
preparing the event. They know this event, and they are preparing for this event. Mamas prepare their children for kindergarten. Let's learn your ABCs. Let's learn your one, two, threes. You know the only reason a mama does that is not because she cares about the kid. She doesn't want that teacher to say, what kind of parent did you have? You don't even know your ABC. Come on now. You know it's the truth. A bride prepares. A bride, when she knows she's got a guy in the hook and you know we're getting married and here we go, she starts picking out everything. Why? She's working herself down to the event. Having children is a life-altering event. Amen. How many remember your first one? How many remember your first one? Yep, yep. Kelly used to tell me, you didn't hear that baby cry through the night. And, and I didn't have the heart to admit to her. I can do it now because she's not here. I heard it. When you hear a baby cry, you up the snores, amen? You, you make it louder like you're in, deep, you're in deep sleep. How many of you husbands, that's what happened to you when the first child came along? Yes. Y'all, listen, there, there are some events, and for this baby, you've got nine months to prepare for this baby. You've got nine months, and now there's this gender reveal. Boy, I almost blew it the other day with Arthur Carson's brother, I'm about to let the cat out of the bag, and Arthur's back there going, no, no. And it's like, oh, I almost blew that one. Now they have gender reveals. How many remember when you didn't know? You didn't know? How many remember when you didn't care? <laughs> but, but these are events. Y'all, listen, these are events that you prepare for. Old age. Should I, should I move on quickly right now? Old age. Is it an event you can't prepare for? Y'all, listen, these are events. These, these are things that happen that in life we've conditioned ourselves to the what's next. We've conditioned ourselves into what's around the corner. And we do our best to prepare physically for that next, next stage that we're getting ready to enter into. Look at Colossians 3, 4. Would you look at it? When Christ, who is our life, shall what, please? appear then shall ye also appear with him in what glory this is an event you can't prepare for physically like you prepare for things on this earth listen this is an event that you have to prepare for spiritually you see this is a spiritual event everything else that you've ever experienced in life has just been an earthly event but one day, he's going to appear. Now, I don't know where you want to be when he appears. Listen, this is one of the places I would love to be when that trumpet sounds. This would be amazing. But he may not come when I'm this. He may come when RG cries for me, and I'm going to be a little bit delicate here, at 31 years of age, when he cries from the bathroom and he can't seem to take care of things for himself. And then I have to go in. He may appear then. He may appear when I'm driving down the road. He may appear while I'm sitting in a hotel room. He may appear while I'm behind my desk. He may appear while I'm giving somebody the gospel. But I know this. I have to prepare spiritually for when he appears. And boy, tonight, brethren, if I could give you one thought, it would be this. You have to be ready for when he appears. I think the first thing you have to be is settled 
in your salvation. How many years ago, Brother Rob? 28 years ago? 28 years ago. And Brother Rob, as I saw you and Miss Lisa trying to help a couple that, that, that just need help, can I tell you something? You and I have been afforded grace. We have been given this grace that saves us. It seals us until the day of redemption. And listen, the very first thing is this. When he appears, the Bible tells us that he knows which one are his. Because he looks through the outer of what's going on and he looks down into that spiritual DNA and sealed right there on the inside is God. God always recognizes God. And right now as he looks around the crowd, he knows which ones are his. In fact, he said this, that, that, that when he comes, that you're sealed with the spirit of promise until the day of redemption and you have God on the inside. Ladies and gentlemen, if you sit here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then I'll tell you the first step to when he appears to be ready is to get saved. To get saved. Now, you can't do anything to get saved. Water can't wash away your sins. Taking the sacraments can't wash away your sins. Doing deep knee bends can't take away your sins. Helping people across the street can't take away your sins. Those are all good things, noble things, but they are not sin-cleansing things. Only Jesus Christ can. And if you're putting your trust in anything other than Jesus Christ, then get ready. He shall appear. And when he appears, and you've heard the gospel like I'm telling you right now, that Jesus is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you've been given the opportunity to get saved like you're going to be given an opportunity to get saved, and you reject that opportunity, and you reject that opportunity knowing that you're, you reject it. Let me tell you something. When he appears, you will be left behind. Charles Maxwell was joking with me this morning because uh, he, uh, I, was, I was having my text messages read out to me as I was driving, and he said, so much for reading the church text. He showed up at 9 o'clock this morning. You know what he said? <laughs> Dave was like, good. You know what he said? I thought the rapture had happened. <laughs> there, 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 ain't, there ain't nobody here. Hey, listen. Let me tell you something. That's going to be reality. Oh, my friend, he's coming. And when he shall appear, from him to us, now this is very important for the sermon, from him to us, he's looking for the saved. And you're out of here. Did y'all hear that? You're out of here. Hey, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We're out of here. But can I ask you a question? If he appeared right now, would you be left behind? If statements like that, if that bothers you right now, if a statement like that is, oh, no, 
then ladies and gentlemen, here in just a moment, there's going to be deacons at the end of the aisle. You need to come and have somebody take you to a room. Have somebody talk to you about your eternal salvation. Don't chance it. Don't, don't, don't take an odd or a chance on it. To, to this morning, you make sure that you're covered all the way around, but you can only be covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. I can't stress it enough. When he appears, just like you know your child, just like you can look at somebody and say you're related to that person, you're the son of that person, you're the daughter of that person, somebody owns you, and I think I know your relative. Oh, no, no, when he, when he shall appear, let me tell you something. It's not going to be a think. I think. Because here's why. He was there the day you trusted him. I want you to think about that. He was there the day that you bowed your heart and said, I need Jesus. Jackie, he's coming. And when he appears, he's going to say, you're mine. Can he say that about you? You, you say, but pastor... If I did walk that out, I don't know why the Holy Spirit's having me belay this right now, but I, I think there's a reason. You say, Pastor, if I did walk that out, what would these people think? Let me tell you something. When you have passed from death unto life, and you know what he's done for you, the only thing somebody's going to think if they're saved is this. Praise the Lord that I was there to witness the day. The day. I graduated with a friend. He is related. He's Gina's um, um, brother, Mike. Y'all remember that day? Y'all remember that day when, he, when Dad walked that aisle, came all the way down, just stood there, been praying for years. My dad was up preaching. Brother Nolan just stepped out. He came walking down that aisle, and he just stood right there. Let me tell you something. This would be a wonderful day. Because I think we've lost the preaching that he's coming again. Don't let the brightness of this day fool you. It could be this day. It could be right now. It could be when you lay your head on your pillow that you awake in heaven. When he shall appear, the first thing is that I want to tell you is this. He's going to know which ones are his. You can fool me. You can speak all the right lingo. There'll be many people that will say, Lord, Lord, did I not fill in the blank? Your performance does not get you a passage into heaven, and your position doesn't get you a place in heaven. We're all sinners. We're depraved. We're without a Savior. We're on our way to hell. And But by the grace of God and what God sent his son to do on the cross, you and I would be in hell. And the reason he's delayed his coming is for you to trust Christ. And the reason that the white flag is out right now, and he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to Christ. You want to know why? Because he didn't send his son to die for you and I to go to hell. He sent his son to die so you and I could be saved. If he did come, would he point at you and say, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine? Are you saved? Let's not trip over the simplest of conversations on Sunday morning. Are you saved? Oh, if you're here and you're not saved, we're for you. 
I don't think your work's going to stop and give you a chance to get saved. I don't think Walmart's going to say, attention, attention, could everybody freeze right now? For those people not saved, would you please come to aisle number one? We have an associate right now that's willing to take the Bible and show you how to. They're not going to do that. Dallas Cowboy game, they're not going to stop in halftime and say, by the way, we have an invitation we want to give right. They're not going to do that. But church is a great place to get saved. I, I want you to notice the second thing I want to bring to your attention is found in verse number, verse number four. Would you look at it? When Christ, here it is, who is our life. To the degree that Christ is your life believer is to the degree that when he appears, you see, your corruption must put on incorruption. But you can prepare for every event that's coming your way, but this event you spiritually prepare for. Because when he appears, you're wanting to cut down the gap of his appearance, and if you would, go back to a, to a verse we just read in 1 John 2, 28. 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 28, look at it. And now little children abide in him. That means mansion in him. Stay as close to him as you can stay. If you're saved, you're in the family. You're close. But our earthly living, look what it says here. And now little children abide in him. That... When he shall appear, we may have what, please? Confidence and not be, what's the next word? Ashamed before him at his coming. Listen, he's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of you. Every sin that you're doing right now, believer, he already paid for on the cross. Did you hear that? He is not ashamed of you. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to be ashamed at his coming. So you know what the marching orders are for today? Go to Colossians, back to Colossians chapter one, uh, chapter three. And, and, and let's, give me, let me give you four things that we can do to start getting closer and close that gap. I think Brother, Brother Metters put it best. We don't live compulsory right now. We live because we want to. You're not here because somebody came to your house and made you come. You're here because something on the inside said, come on, come on. Let's go to church. So you know what you're saying? I want to be ready when he appears. Let me ask you a question. Is there a wrong time to knock on your door at your house? I feel sorry for that dear lady who showed up with flowers for man's petals. I need to go down there and apologize to her because she showed up to deliver some flowers for Kelly. And I, I have been slaving over the stove and over the laundry. <laughs> this is tough work being a mother and a wife. This is tough. Man, my hair's going every which way. I had on the rattiest clothes ever. And that ding-dong, I'm like, I've got five things to juggle. How do you, whoever said evolution that we didn't need a tail, they're a liar. Because that tail would have came in just fine right about then. I open that door, and that lady's like, delivery for Kelly Gray. And I'm like... Oh, oh, thank you. And I'm thinking to myself, do I God bless her? Uh, do I give her a track? Do I even admit I'm a pastor? You know, what do I do right now? And I'm just looking at her going, oh, let me ask you a question. Is there a wrong time to show up at your house? How many say there's a wrong time, pastor, to show up? How many just want, pastor, if you're going to show up to my house, 
<laughs> Cynthia uh, Giovanni. If you're gonna show up to my house, you call first. How many of that's you right now? Okay. How many are like, Pastor, don't even show up, just text me, okay? <laughs> How many are like, Pastor, don't text me, just stay out of my world, I'll see you on Sunday. Don't don't answer that. So listen, when he appears, let me give you four things that you can do to close the gap so that you won't be ashamed. Number one, make heaven your lifestyle. Look, look what it says there in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Your affections, that which you savorest, that which you think about, that which you're mindful about, that which occupies your mind. You know, what Paul was telling the church at Colossae and, and that surrounding region there in Laodicea, what he was telling that church was this. Let me tell you something, he's coming back. And when he comes back, let me tell you, the best position you can be in is when heaven has become your lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, you're never going to be perfect, so don't even try. But we can set our affections. Yes, you need things. And yes, you want things. But listen, don't fall in love with the things. Don't fall so in love with something that you are going to leave behind like that. Did you hear that? Don't fall so in love with something that when he appears, you're not going home. If he appeared right now, you're not going home. You're not getting back in your truck. You're not going back to your closet. Your jewelry is somebody else's. Everything you own belongs to somebody else. When you start living that way, though when I left the house this morning, I realized when I left the house this morning, if he appears right now, I'm never coming back to this address. So why fall in love with it? There is something about waking up every day going, I'm in love with Jesus. He's my life. That truck's not my life. I need to say something else. That, that house is not my life. I'm in love with Jesus. But it's hard, isn't it? I'm just going to let you answer the question as I wind her down. Let me ask you a question. What are you in love with right now you won't let anybody touch? Could I borrow? No. Could, could I use? No. Want to know why? We're in love with it because we hadn't messed it up yet. Once we mess it up, you can have it. Oh, but listen, he's going to appear. And when he appears, you want to be more in love with him than you are with this. Because the average person is going to go, could you hang on, Lord? I, I, really, I, I really, Lord, need to get. And, Lord, could you hang on? I, I got something down there that I. That's how the average believer is going up. Did I just climb on top of it? That? That's how the average believer is going up. You know, the average believer. You know, could you lock that door, Lord, on the way? I don't want my neighbor, the heathen, to get. Not, not, not this neighbor. <laughs> and the neighbor's across. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't want my coworker to get that. Per what is it that we're so in love with that if he appeared and we're going up that we would be like, oh, no, what about, oh, friend, wake up every day, take care of your stuff, earn your money, do good for your family, do good for your retirement, have God's blessings upon you, but don't be in love. Be more in love with the blesser, not the blessings. The second thing is this. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 9. Not only make heaven your lifestyle, but make the new man your personality. Look what it says in Colossians 3, 9. It outlines itself. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and put on the what? New man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. 
Oh, my friend, if you're saved today, make mercy your personality, kindness your personality, humility your personality, meekness your personality. Take that new man that was given you and make that your personality and run from that old man. Hey, you've got an old part of you that nobody need, it doesn't need to come out. How many know what I'm talking? That, that doesn't need to come out. That just needs to stay locked away. Hey, he's coming back. When he appears, be able to see him and say, I, I love you more than I do anything that I have. And I've been waiting for you to appear. When he appears, make your personality the new man. If you're saved, you've got the new man. The third thing is this, if I could. Look at Colossians 3.15. Not only make heaven your lifestyle, Make the new man your personality, but make peace the rule. Make peace the rule. You know, he is called the king of peace, the prince of peace. Look what it says there in verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which ye are called in one body, be ye thankful. What does it say? Let the peace of God rule. Ladies and gentlemen, you know you're not ready for his coming and his appearing when you're at unrest here. Whatever you're at unrest about, don't go one more step. Make peace. Make peace. If you children are unrest with your mom and dad, make peace. If you husbands are unrest with each other, with your wives, make peace. If you wives are at unrest with your husband, make peace. Don't live one moment past drama, past problems. Make peace. Let peace be the rule. Because here's why. He's going to appear. He is going to to appear. Let me just kind of circle the wagons here as I come to an end. We whitewash the judgment seat of Christ. And what we think is salvation has given us a free pass of accountability. You've already paid, he already paid for all your sins. But when it says you're going to give an account, you're going to give an account. It will not put your sonship in jeopardy. It will not put your daughtership in jeopardy. But you're not getting a free pass. And because you don't know when he's going to appear, then guess what you have to do? Let peace be the rule. God's not for drama. God's not for problems. God's for peace. And ladies and gentlemen, if you can't go to sleep, and if you have to stay up all night, then the first opportunity you get, you say, I'm not being in this condition when because this chapter outlines for us when Christ, who is our life, shall appear. And the last thing I want to tell you is this. Not only make heaven your lifestyle, make the new man your personality, make peace the rule. The fourth thing I want to tell you is make the word your playground. Make the word your playground. Look at Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Oh, as we end this morning, could I tell you that he's going to appear? He's coming, my friend, and when he shall appear, if you're his, he'll know you right away. But the bigger question is this, are you going to be ashamed at his coming? 
Or are you going to see him with confidence? Well, we, we won't be all that we need to be till we're out of this flesh. But I will tell you right now, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You see that Bible that you have? He has left us his mind right there. Would you please go to 1 John, if you will, and and one of our men sent this verse to me this morning in a text, not knowing that God was working on my heart about what I've been meditating on. Go to 1 John, if you will, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 7. Look what it says here. For there are three that bear record in heaven. Here it is. The Father. Are you there? The Father. What's the next? The Word. And the Holy Ghost. These three are one. When I make this my playground, and he appears, he's going to say and be everything I have read. This has its own language. This has its own lingo. How many of your family has your own language? Okay, as weird as it may be, how many know what daddy's trying to say? Right? Because y'all from different parts of the country. You're from different cultures. You're from different regions. You're from different mad mamas. And from all of you bring to the table, especially if you know another language, let me tell you, when he shall appear. I don't know if you've ever been at the airport and you've watched people waiting on people. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. They're sitting there with signs. They're waiting on someone to get off the plane and get off the plane. And, and, uh, and I was sitting next to a gentleman, and, and he said, my fiance is going to meet me. And I said, oh, this is going to be exciting. And uh, yeah, yeah, she says she's going to meet me with balloons and posters. And so, you know, so we land, we're starting to get off. Well, we landed early and he got off and he just went and stood on the side. And sure enough, here came this girl and uh, she was ready for him to step off that plane. But the plane got in early. So she's standing there and she's just looking around, knowing the plane got in early. So she's looking where he's at. And he just said one word through the noisiness of that airport. She never saw him, but she heard the word. Let me tell you something. This is the only way that I can interact with his mind. And from this comes songs. And from this comes singing. And from this comes amazing sermons and amazing different lessons that teachers teach. And from this comes somebody that says, hey, let me tell you about him. How do they know to tell us about him? Because they met him in the word. And the word is going to meet the word. And this word, three bear witness in heaven. And you know what Jesus is called? The word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. If I could get you to do this, immerse yourself in this book. If you will do those four things, and here's what's going to happen. When he appears, nothing between my soul and the Savior. 
not of this world's elusive dreams. When we fall out of love, we're ready. When we start being this new man every day we live, we're ready. When we start becoming what God has told us to become. Y'all, I hope you love them. You're here to worship somebody you have never seen. Isn't that crazy? And that's why Brother Hicks can stand and testify about 28 years ago of a man he has never seen. But this God changed his life. And this God changed her life. And those boys were born into a home that God changed their mom and dad before they ever showed up. They do not know the life they lived. And listen to me, and neither should the generations coming after you know anything of the past junk in your world. They ought to know, I got a mama and I got a daddy that's ready, and they're doing the best we can to be ready for when he shall appear. Not if, when. Are you ready for him to appear? Are you saved? Are you living according to the text? Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.